0: I've seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You speak.
1: Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host Brian Craig, and I'm here with uh, Rocky Fleming, our founder. And we wanted to open with a different song today because we are in the Christmas spirit, and we are wanting to bring uh, the spirit to you and bring Jesus to you through these couple of Christmas podcasts that we're doing here uh, right before the holidays. And so, uh, Rocky, welcome Thank this morning. You Brian. And Good to be here for it this time. Yeah, we, we heard that song uh, Tuesday morning at our—every at our, week we have the Global Prayer mm-hmm. call on Zoom. And uh, Jamie Lynn, our communications coordinator, gave a, a little nugget, and she brought that song to us. And boy, it really touched all our hearts, I think.
2: It did. And, you know, I've, I was taught that as a child. And uh, early in my life that I was taught the battle of the Republic— and it's kind of one of our national anthems, so to speak, of this country. Uh, and yet, this is a little bit different rendition of it. And uh, I think as, as many good works that are inspired, they adapt to the society they're in. Sometimes they get a little bit of changes to make some lyrics relevant. relevant. And, and that's what's done here. But uh, one of the things that impacted me is I never realized that it really is a Christmas song.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Did you ever think that? No, no. Because it's about mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. That's right. And I think that uh, this is a way to look at this two ways. One is, you know, the baby in, in, in the manger in Bethlehem, the coming of the Lord. But the other part is when he returns. Mm. And so uh, this, the, the, the song is, is the gospel. It's yeah. just another way of restating the gospel. And I think that's why we wanted to have it part of this Christmas podcast as we began to move our, our, our thoughts and our mind and our hearts toward uh, the real reason for Christmas.
1: That's right. And and by the way, the rendition uh, is by an artist named Audrey Assad and it's, it says it's called "Your Peace Will Make Us One." Yeah. Instead of His Truth is Marching On, Your Peace right. Will Make yeah. Us One, right. um, and we're going to play the whole uh, song at the end so yes. people can enjoy it just like we did. Um, it'd be
2: good showing the lyrics too because it, it when we saw it and, and heard it, we we heard it when we read the lyrics. And again, you know, there are a lot of lyrics that I have learned through the years, but I've never really it's never really impacted me. Yeah, and then when you unpack it like that, and you see it. Boy, it, there's a it impacts, and I hope it will other impact people like it did us.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, last week we, we started with saying that Christmas is faith, and uh, this week we want to talk about Christmas is hope mm-hmm. and uh, just thinking about how much the world needs hope, you know, always. Mm-hmm. We needed a Savior, but even today, like you and I were just talking a little bit ago, it's not just about hope when we die. And what happens after death? It's hope now. Yeah. We need hope now. Yeah. And I want to read a scripture before we dive Please in do. here that I, I heard this the other day and just really spoke to what I thought we wanted to talk about today. And this is in Titus chapter two, starting in verse 11. It says, For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Mm -hmm. But the part that obviously struck me was knowing that we're going to do Christmas as hope, that we're waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. What does that mean to you, Rocky?
2: Well, it's really interesting because I think there's bookends to hope. And the hope when Jesus came in in the manger, uh, he gave us hope at that point. And uh, he was the promised hope, the promised Messiah. And and he uh and and, and that hope was, was secured for us by the work he did on the cross and the resurrection. Mm. And that's where he conquered the grave, that's where he uh was able to give us that which was his, and that's why one day we will rise from, from the grave, and we will join him, and that's the other bookend. Mm-hmm. The other bookend is the hope that we have in glory when we, when our life comes to an end. Mm-hmm. And you know, Brian, I've said this for a long time. I don't think we can really know how to live unless we know what's going to happen when we die. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest question that anybody will have, even if they don't know Christ, even if they're not a believer doesn't matter what it is that they are. Uh, at that last moment, they're going to say, what happens now? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be the most important question that they'll ever ask. What happens now? And if it is the most important question we'll ever ask, then it, it, it really is a priority to get it answered. And see, that's what we have. We have that answer. That hope is already established in our hearts. And since we have that established, our hope is... Is secure. Now it teaches us how to live our life before that time comes. Mm -hmm. Unless we have that answered, we're always going to be asking the question, asking the question, and we're never going to have the peace that surpasses all understanding. We'll never have the purpose. We'll never have that sense of being adopted into God's family and that our lives are in detail, seen, seen by him and overseen by him. We'll never know that unless we have that hope in our heart because of what Jesus does for us.
1: Mm. Well, the the lyrics to that song talk about his peace will make us one. And you've been writing a lot of blogs lately mm-hmm. about unity and how you see the lack of unity yeah. in the world. You know, the people arguing over vaccines, over the economy, over politics, all the different things. And it, it just seems like it's working its way even into Christians' lives. Mm-hmm. And, and it's driving wedges right and left. Yeah. and and it just seems to grieve the spirit within us that doesn't seem right doesn't seem like what what god would want
2: well there are several points of view there is the the cultural american point of view which basically it might be changed being changed on us but it's historically been a culture of you know happiness and seeking happiness and and trying to secure happiness and having freedom and having the ability to develop and you know grow uh, in every way financially and economically uh, providing better for our families Uh, that's all that's been a part of our culture for a long time and that is one point of view uh, but then there's a another point of view and that's the world's point of view and the world's point of view would be that it's a dog-eat-dog world and, you know, my, i got more guns than you do, and they don't operate under the laws that we've had. They don't operate under the integrity guidelines that we've had as a nation. And that's their point of view. And, uh, and honestly, if, 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 if I'm looking through their point of view, I would say, well, that's kind of way it's got to be. You know, they've they got to they survive, so they've got to have bigger guns, or so they got to have whatever they got going just to survive. That's why they understand life the way they understand it. And if I go into the American culture, if I don't see Christians involved, I can see them kind of the same way. It might be a little bit more civilized, what we would say, but there's still as much uh, adversity among each other. There's a lot of divisions. There's a lot of competition. There's a lot of stuff it drives us to succeed on the shoulders of other people
3: mm-hmm.
2: or the backs. And that's for non-Christians in this country. But here's where I have a problem. I have a problem when the family of God has these divisions among us. Mm-hmm. I expect it with the others. Yeah. But I don't think it should be expected in the body of Christ, in the church. And I do feel the Lord's grief on that. And I do believe that, that, that one of the biggest missions the church has right now is to itself. And that we have got to reconcile. We have got to establish unity, unity under the, the, the spirit of Christ, in Christ. We find our unity. And when we find our unity, we find our peace with each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That doesn't mean that we have to be uniform, I mean, you can vote a certain way. You can have different type of politics. You can have things that are different among what we have in churches. I mean, there are all kinds of differences in churches. There's different races. There's different cultures. There's different ways to worship. But we worship Jesus. Hmm. You know, our mission, and our hope is to him and with him and through him. All of us have only one hope. Yeah. And that's in Jesus. It doesn't matter what our skin tones are. It doesn't matter our politics. It doesn't matter our, our denomination or our culture. You could be Chinese or you could be Iranian or Iraqi. You could be a Mexican or you could be American. But we only have one hope, and that's in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if we have any divisions in us, we have got to break it down because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, we're unified. Yeah. And, and so that's... That is probably what's going on with me more than anything right now is, is grieving the divisions that we have and, and hoping and praying that, that that God will raise up a splinter, a group, a, a remnant will be reconcilers that will be peacemakers of the body of Christ to each other. Mm-hmm. And then when we're unified, then we can impact the world around us as as we're meant to do
1: and so we can say christmas is hope because christ is hope christ brings hope and he also brings unity like we're talking i Mm -hmm. i was thinking about promise keepers was the first experience i had where i saw people from all different denominations Mm -hmm. all gathered in you know masses Mm -hmm. and everybody can agree could agree on jesus Mm -hmm. And he brought everybody together and different races, different cultures, all different kinds of people. And I've seen the same thing in journey, in the journey groups. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you got a journey group from different churches, different denominations. I mean, my first group, you know, in Tulsa had Catholic, Baptist, Presbyterians, Methodist. And there was never one debate over theology. It was always about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he seemed to break down those barriers,
2: break down any walls of division. And as a result, there's great reproduction came out of it. That's it was right. a healthy group. Uh-huh. Oh, and it actually, it's the foundation of what's happening in Tulsa, which has been big.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it just—it's all about Jesus, and he—he he mm-hmm. can do so much, you know. He and I think he brings hope. And I, I—we were talking about how a lot of people are discouraged at Christmas time. Yeah, you know, as much as you and I, it's a pleasant time, and we get with our families, and there's always some neat aspects to our celebrating. Some people are discouraged, and. Depressed and
2: down at Christmas time, and even yeah. believers, I think. I think I've heard something to the effect that that's some of the greatest depression, and maybe even loss of life, self-inflicted life, yeah, is uh, happens during those times. Um, I I I really believe that what Christmas does with some people, it, it it makes it show it makes them live with the reality that they're not they're not celebrating this with people they love.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, they might not have family. They might be single. They might be alone. They might be isolated. Mm-hmm. And when they're isolated like that, and they and the whole concept around Christmas that we understand it is the celebration of Jesus, but it also does a lot of other things. It brings families together. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it even brings enemies together. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that this is a side story, but back in World War One the true story about uh the german troops are on one side of of you know the big trench warfare they had and Mm -hmm. and the allies were on the other side and and one of the german soldiers it was christmas uh, broke out with a with a uh, christmas hymn and uh in german and the one across the way broke out in english yeah and it led to them having a basically a
1: Like a ceasefire. A ceasefire, sabbatical
2: from warfare. Uh Yeah. And they they met each other at the middle. They exchanged gifts. They, you know, a lot of things like that.
1: Yeah, I heard that story. I think it was Silent Night was the song. I think it was. was. Yeah,
2: yeah. And they went back together and then they started killing each other again. (laughs) But there was this brief uh, unity. Yeah. Now, it could have helped if it was not about politics, but it was about Christ. Because Christ could have brought that thing to an end right mm-hmm. there. It could have mm-hmm. ended, really. It saved a lot of lives. It saved a lot, a lot of, a lot of things. But politics drove it to continue, and uh, and more people were killed. In fact, it's one of the greatest battle losses of lives that we've ever heard of. In World War One. Mm-hmm. They they had become very sophisticated in killing people, and they could do it quite easily. Mm-hmm. But I think in the same way uh, that if you would take the Germans and you take the Allies and you put them on the battlefield, what you have are humans. Yeah, and they have that in common. They have humanity. They all have families. They all have loved ones. Many people would grieve their death. And uh, and, I, and 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 in, in in some ways, you could take that that uh, illustration and take it into the church. I'm talking about. The big sea, the body of Christ, not the little church that you attend, but the numerous churches that are in this country, in this world. And what we have in common, not in humanity, but the fact that we have in common is that we're children of God mm-hmm. and we're family. We can end these wars.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We can end these battles. We can end these divisions. We can, just like that. It can be ended,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but it's not going to be ended if we let politics drive it. Mm-mm. Or angry people drive it. The driving factors that create divisions. It's not going to end it there, but if we let Christ take us where He wants to, it can end. Mm. And that's why we want to take it to Christ. Yeah, He is our hope for that.
1: Yes. Well, and I'm, I'm thinking about the, there's a. We may have talked about this other podcast, but there's a verse where Jesus says, "I didn't come to bring peace, but to bring a sword." Mm-hmm. And you know, He is. The, the sword is called, the word of God is called the sword mm-hmm. and Jesus is the word, you know? So I was thinking about how when Jesus comes, he pierces the heart, but he does it in a way to kind of divide the the darkness from the light, you know, because he's trying to show us what needs to go so that yeah. we can find the hope that we're really looking for. Yeah. So some of that pain that people are feeling and the is maybe some of that piercing and, and, and if they could just press into it and press into Jesus, they'll find the hope they're looking for. They might have to give something up. They might need to make some changes, but that's okay. If they just trust Him, they'll find what they're looking for. The
2: word light and darkness is symbolic, I guess, for good and evil. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. but it, it also uh, there's also something we can understand as we look at creation, because in the beginning it was darkness, mm-hmm. and then God spoke, and what happened? There was light. Light and darkness were separated. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So if you start looking at whenever God spoke, whether it was His word, His His verbal word, like it was in creation, or if it's His written word, through and 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 His words through prophets, uh, there's always been a division of light and darkness.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It's divided evil and good. I mean, there it, that's where it separates right there, and that's what God was, Jesus was saying about He had come to separate. Light from darkness. Yeah. And when that happens, it's going to create a separation in us from light and darkness. Mm-hmm. But it's also could separate us from the dark side of humanity. Mm-hmm. It takes us out of that. And, I, and, and, you know, honestly, I'm seeing more battle with light and darkness than I've ever seen right now. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about evil and good. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, Satan's been very active, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yeah, and it's it's good to be a time where right is called wrong and wrong is called right and yeah. people are confused about what even is right and wrong these days.
2: Yeah, it, it was predicted mm-hmm. I mean thousands of years ago, I mean it That's was right. prophesied that these days would be a bonus. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not really surprised by what's unpacking here. I I've said that for a couple of years. I feel like that this is the beginning of the end. Uh, and whatever the end is, I don't know, it might be a hundred years, but but I do believe it's the beginning of the latter days, the last days, and and I think it'll speed up. I've seen it speed up in the last two years, even one year, mm. uh, from from the its beginning. And, and um, it's just there's just something disconcerting about this time. Uh, equilibrium is challenged.
1: Right yeah, but do you, don't you think though that there's always still hope?
2: Well, that's the point. That it is, is on yeah. the light side, but not the dark side.
1: Yeah, if you stay on the dark side, you will never no, find don't hope. don't find it. That's right. No. But there's an invitation.
2: Yeah, and and he and this is what Jesus has done, that he's separated light and darkness. And he's saying, I'm bringing you hope. Here I am. That's right. And But you, you can't play. You, I mean, this is one of the big problems we have with the gray world we live in right now. Yeah. And we had a gray world before the last couple of years. I mean, it's more gray then than it is what's now. Now it's just black mm-hmm. and white. Not a lot of gray there. Yeah. I mean, black doesn't even try to look gray. They want to look about as black as they can be. And when I say black, please understand that I'm not talking about anything other than the reference that is used in Scripture about light and darkness. Right, right. About evil and good. Yeah. It has nothing to do with anything like what is being talked about out there in the color of people's skin. Right, right. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. It's not even symbolic, or not even referencing that any way, but it is talking about the blackness of the heart of Satan. Yeah, yeah. The darkness that he brings, and as a result, um, we have a we have a big separation that's going on. But I think that's good. You know, I told you this I think some time ago that I felt like that. That the covid situation is going to work for the betterment of the church rather than the hurt of it
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: and there have been aspects of churches that have closed down and never come back but it might be that they need to be closed down anyway
3: mm.
2: and then there have been some churches that have grown like crazy because it seems to be more passion and involvement and and the things that good churches need to do and then We've seen our ministry grow like crazy mm-hmm. during this period of time. And uh, and I think that that's shown us that it's worked for the good, not for the bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the hope in Jesus that brings that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I we talk about this, but when I take people through the journey, when you take people through the journey, it's kind of like he shines a big spotlight. We talked about this, into their heart. And, and he starts showing them the dark corners of it. You know, and, and a lot of people don't want to see that, and they might drop out of a group if they if they can't go there. But for the ones who press into the hope of Jesus and are willing to deal with things that might be blocking His flow into the lives, you know, yeah. we see amazing transformations. We see people set free. Yeah. You know, we see that hope realized. You know, and so, uh, and I, I just got to believe as we're doing this, there's people out there listening right now who are looking for hope. Mm-hmm. They feel pretty hopeless. Something's agitating. Something's piercing their hearts right now, and I think we just need encouragement to press into into Jesus.
2: Oh yeah, I mean that's His call. That's His invitation. Yeah, and and I and I would say that invitation is not to just the non believer. It's for the believer too.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Because that's one thing that we have seen that our ministry has been mainly to believers. Yeah, and equipping believers, helping believers understand who this <laughs> Jesus is, and what might be missing in their life, they understand there's a lot missing. They know about him, but they don't know him, right, right? And when they get to know him, then they come to understand that there's more to this thing called hope in Christ than that they realized. It's not just about the hope and glory at the end. It's the hope that they have right here and
1: now. Oh yeah, yeah. There's hope. There's hope for their families right now. There's hope for their you know, he can help. He cares about all the things that they care about. He cares about all these, their financial situation, their job situation, their marriage, the, mm-hmm. the wayward kids, whatever it is. I mean, he, he enters into all those things and wants to help us with all those things. doesn't fix all your problems. I mean, he lets us go through some things and he's growing us in the process. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, we see it. We see the hope that people are really looking for. And, and, uh, And once they find it, that's when they're so eager to go help others. And that's why they go and lead groups the next year or whatever, because they they have found something life-changing.
2: Yeah. When I was going through college, and and this was back in the Jesus movement back then, and some of the on-campus ministers come, and there was a term that was often said that I'm going to share Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Share Jesus. And when you think about that, what does that mean? <laughs> share Jesus, you know. And so I, I, I adopted to think, well, it, it means to share the four spiritual laws. Yeah. Or the Roman share roads. Sharing right? your faith. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, your testimony. Your t- yeah. Yeah. And share the gospel. Right. Uh-huh. And, and in some ways that's true. But I, I have come to see it broader than that. What I've come in to, to see it as is that is to share the hope that's within me mm. in Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's to share what I'm seeing. Is to help them see what I'm seeing. It's not that I'm trying to convince them anything. I just want you to see what I'm seeing in this Jesus that a lot of people think they know, but they don't really know him. Mm. Let me let me help you see what I'm seeing. And when they start seeing that, it's not that I change them. He changes them. Yeah. And that's what we do. We just share Jesus. Mm -hmm. But it's not just sharing the gospel. It has to do with sharing the whole, the spiritual gifts, the the fruit of the spirit, the life that we have in him. We're saying, I'm eating on a banquet table, and I've got a lot more food here to share. Come and share this with me. Mm Mm-hmm. As I share Jesus
1: well and I would off the cuff just thinking about all the groups I've led I think most of the people who join a group are looking for hope they're 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 broken you know they're struggling with something when when everything's great you got plenty of money in the bank you feel like your marriage is great sometimes you don't think you need Jesus you know and you know you don't need any hope I'm I got it all figured out but throw a few little trials in there and all of a sudden people start getting their getting shaken up, yeah. and they, they're like, man, I, I don't have this all figured out. I need some help.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, I say this often, and I get generally the same answer, and that is, do you feel like that you're satisfied with your relationship with the Lord? Yeah. Most of the time they say no. Right. What, what What is it that you're not satisfied with? answer is, I don't know, there just seems to be something missing. There seems to be something more that I'm not getting to. That's a typical answer. I get.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, there is more, and I'll tell you. At seventy six years old, and and being going going down this path for a long time, I can tell you, I've discovered a lot. But there's more, mm-hmm. and this journey doesn't lighten up right now. I, I want to keep digging in. I want to find out what's missing. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be that way until I am able to escape the bonds of this body and this life and the stuff that I have to. The burdens I have to carry with you know you pull a load here, right? Yeah. You are having to battle against the flesh all the time. You are having to not let your instincts take over. You have to just walk it out with Him. And if you kind if you if you're able to get in tune with Him and abide with Him, it, the walk becomes a lot easier. But until that time, we're kind of managing sin the best we can, and mm-hmm. that's hard. Mm-hmm. And so learning to walk with Him, He teaches me how to live this life and it, it becomes a lot easier in many ways challenging yeah but stronger yeah mm. to be able to weather challenges and um, and so you know the the end, the end of the day it comes down to this and that is the hope that I get in, from him permeates my life now and after a good while of of, of knowing him and learning more about him i've discovered that i so much of my life was missing the greatest joyful hope that i could have had mm. and it, it took me a while to, to find it but you know it's there mm. it's the hope that sustains me
1: well and we just have a few minutes before i want to, we want to play that song for our listeners but uh there's a song uh, a secular Christmas song I think Brian Adams sang it but he says there's something about Christmas time mm-hmm. and you and I were just talking about there's just something about Christmas time there's something mysterious and and I, I think that I think Jesus makes himself known worldwide at Christmas time maybe even more than Easter uh, you know Easter's pretty broadly celebrated but I, mm-hmm. something about Christmas I think you know if you go to Disney World at Epcot Center where they have the all the different world world, you know, cities represent the different countries. You know, there's a representation of Christmas in all of those if you go at Christmas time, you know, and so it's a I think Jesus is make wants to make himself known at Christmas time more than ever any other. That's at least my bias on that. But uh, but I, I think that's what we're trying to enter into this, don't you think? Trying to help oh, yeah. people enter into that.
2: Well there 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 are two really great celebrations in a Christian's life and that's the day of his birth and the, the day of his resurrection. Yep. Yep. And you know those are the, those are ones that we focus on, and in each one of them, there's been a way to try to divert it, whether it's the Easter Bunny and Easter egg hunting, or you know where you bond it to church, mm-hmm. and, rather than the purpose of Easter. Yeah, and the same way with with Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of diversion there in commercialism, mm-hmm. commercialization that is too. To uh, And it, it, it takes our, our attention away from the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we, we, we need to kind of fight to stay tuned in for the reason for the season and yeah. not let ourselves get pulled away from it, that doesn't mean that we have to abstain from, you know, enjoyment of celebrating Christmas in traditional forms, such as feast and presents and things like that. But we just can't we just can't avoid the foundation of, of Christmas and what it really means. We've got to stay stay true to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we're messengers to that, yeah. and that's what we always want to be is pointing people to Jesus. So.
2: And you know, Brian, I think as far as you and I are concerned, I think that that is why Christmas is so dear to us because mm-hmm. we we do go back to that manger. We do mm-hmm. understand the hope that was given to us that day, and we live with that hope every day now.
1: That's right. That's right. Well, uh, thank you, Rocky, and uh, to all of our influencers out there. We just want to say Merry Christmas to you, and uh, as a gift to you, we want to play this song that that really touched our hearts on Tuesday morning. Uh, again, it's uh, your peace will make us one is the is the the name of the song, and it's a it's a rendition of the battle hymn of the republic by Audrey Assad. But uh, listen to this song and uh, close your eyes, and don't, not if you're driving, but uh, <laughs> and uh, and just soak up. Soak up the, the hope that is in Christmas through Jesus as you listen to this song. And uh, we'll join you next week for our wrap up of our, our Christmas uh, uh, podcast. But, uh, but God bless you out there.
0: Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. You are all laying down our swords replanting every vineyard till a brand new wine is poured your peace will make us one i've seen